Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are in Acts 11 and 12, and one of the things I want to talk about once we get around to it uh, is what it looks like to basically like risk your reputation, maybe stick your neck out for somebody else. And to really take a chance on somebody who doesn't have everything figured out and disciple them to the point where they maybe do have a lot of things figured out. I think that Axe has a lot to say about that kind of kind of stuff if you chase this one particular thread. And we're going to start to chase that thread today. Well, I agree with that. I'm excited to talk about those things. I'm also excited to just think about the church kind of, um, I don't know, like sprouting these little buds and starting to grow on their their own and begin this identity of Christians versus just this weird offshoot of Jesus ministry or um, some random Jewish offshoot kind of deal. So I'm actually excited to talk about that too. And um, some really exciting stories about just like crazy stuff happening for those who believe in God and um, miraculous things that could not happen outside of God's power. So pretty cool. All right. So you're saying about people becoming Christians, not just like a subset of Jews. How are you, how are you figuring that out? How do you know that's true? Well, I mean, I think it's like specifically, it's just called out in verse 26 of chapter 11. Um, it says, and in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So the church is like, it's being formed and they're actually like called out as Christians. So they're not just, like I said earlier, they're not just like this random group of kind of Jews. Like they're separating (laughs) themselves now to be Christians that follow after the teachings and um, beliefs in Christ and his ministry. We can we can actually see that even the fact that they're in Antioch and even the the fact they're starting to spread beyond Antioch shows that they are uh, more set apart than just a new Jewish faction. Uh, because one of the things that comes up in this, in these two chapters, is that um, Peter is talking about the fact that like Cornelius's household, not only did they hear the message of Jesus, they actually tangibly received the Holy Spirit, and that starts to get the Jews' attention, or like the I guess not necessarily Jews, but like the Jewish Christians, it gets their attention because they're like, wait a minute, we know that God worked in the lives of the Gentiles because we could see the Holy Spirit come on them. So this is like a whole new thing that God is doing. And we want to be a, we want to pay attention to the fact that this is a whole new thing that God is doing. And actually the only reason that they see it, the only reason that they recognize it is because after Stephen was killed, there is this significant persecution that rises up because of Saul who becomes Paul uh, and the people scatter. So now the apostles find themselves in many different cities kind of outside of their own cultural historical I don't know, like upbringing and people are receiving not only faith in Jesus, but also like a visible something, some kind of visible manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So there's a big move going on here and certainly they are not uh, Jews anymore. Um, so interesting note then right off or right after that, we start chapter 12 and it starts talking about how um, the church is beginning to be persecuted specifically by Herod and what, caught my attention the most is that Herod begins to um, be violent against the church 
and continued to do so because in verse 3 it says he saw that it pleased the Jews. Yeah. So he proceeded to arrest Peter also. So why does he need, like, this strange approval of the Jews also? Was it to, like, keep the the peace between like i don't i don't even know how that's peaceful but i don't know to appease the jews why does that why is that needed or important the line of herods show this affinity this appreciation for the appreciation of people like many times we see these line of herods getting into situations where they're forced to do something that's like not a great idea <laughs> because the people around them want it hmm. and so i think back to when john the baptist was beheaded that was not a great idea. Uh, that Herod didn't even want to do it. But it was mm-hmm. like, well, the crowd really wants it. And I did foolishly say they could have whatever they want. So, so I weird. think at, at the core of it, it just shows that they're politicians. Like, mm-hmm. what, what do politicians do? They do what, what, what will get them more influence and more money and more power. So here he's like, oh, the people like this. Um, okay, let's start to imprison people. Also, it is worth calling out that here one of Jesus' immediate disciples is killed. He's the first one, if you, like, outside of Judas, he's the first one to be killed. And this is the the James that had asked for a seat at the right hand of God um, uh-huh. in heaven. And Jesus says, like, are you sure you want to drink that cup? And he's like, yep, let's do it. And here, here it happens. It takes place. So this is going to start kind of a chain reaction we've we've talked about this before where all these apostles end up giving their lives for what they believe Mm -hmm. well that happens and then also we have right after peter was the one that was taken to um be imprisoned and that was kind of what i was alluding to at the beginning of the episode i think it's a really crazy story like peter is rescued and saved from what seems like an impossible situation because an angel appears and just walks him right out um, to the point where he's not even sure if this is real. He thinks it's a dream also. Uh, and then when he gets to the safety of his friends, they don't even let him in. So um, they like they are in complete disbelief also. Um, just like it's just so crazy. It's really interesting. So uh, we opened it up talking about what does it look like to stick your neck out? I, I really like this um, as a story in Acts. Like one of the one of the things I like to keep an eye on and you'll you'll hear it from me. Uh, we are introduced to Barnabas in Acts chapter 4, verse 36. And it's just like a brief introduction of who Barnabas is. Um, I'm flipping to it here for a second. Acts chapter 4, verse 36. It just says, uh, Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Um, if you're listening closely, you'll remember it's right after that Ananias and Sapphira decide to lie about their plot of land that they sold. So we're introduced to Barnabas in chapter four. We see that he's a pretty decent guy. Um, he has some level of respect and we're kind of reading into the text a little bit. Uh, but he, he sells this plot of land. He donates it. So he has means he has influence. Um, then we're introduced to Saul at the end of Stephen getting killed. Uh, it's, that's chapter seven. And Barnabas takes an interest in Saul because it's Barnabas who says in Acts, this is Acts 9, 27. Um, well, actually, we can we can pick it up in 26. And when he had come, speaking of Saul, when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples and they were all afraid of him because they did not believe that he was a disciple. Well, they had a reason to be afraid of him <laughs> because he enjoyed killing their friends. <laughs> so, but 27 says, but Barnabas, that guy that sold the land, but Barnabas took him 
and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord and spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So Barnabas is like, guys, don't be afraid of this guy. I am willing to vouch for him. And admittedly, he does not have much history with him, but he's like, I'm willing to vouch for him. Um, I trust this guy. We can believe what he says. Now here in the reading today, we see uh, this is Acts 11 verse 22. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. What, uh, when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord. So there's this, this situation going on in Antioch. The Jerusalem church sends Barnabas there. The apostles send Barnabas there. Barnabas somehow links up with Saul. Maybe Saul was with him already. Maybe Saul was there. Uh, but now we're going to start to notice that Saul and Barnabas do their work together. So not only is Barnabas influential, not only is he a more mature believer at this time, uh, now he is taking Saul everywhere he goes, taking Paul everywhere he goes. Uh, and at the end of chapter 11 actually says, um, uh, we'll start in 29. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So again, Barnabas is kind of like, taking Saul under his wing, and I think mentoring Saul very much on purpose, saying, listen, I'm a little bit further ahead than you are. I've been doing this Christian thing a little bit longer. I have better connections than you do. Uh, I'm going to take you with me, and I'm going to teach you how to do what I do, and eventually I'm going to let you do it, and I'm going to not do it. And so there's this really developing story of Barnabas and Saul that I think is really encouraging uh, to all of us to look out for people that are a little bit behind us, maybe a little bit ahead of us, like to either mentor someone or be mentored by someone. I think it takes a lot of courage on his part as well, though, because like you were saying, up until this point, uh, Saul was extremely terrifying. Um, I just like think of the things that he was up to, the things that he was doing. Um, and something that I had noticed when we were reading even today, um, our Bible gives like a an outline of Paul's life up until this point, the things that he has been around for, he would have known about, been present for. Um, and quite honestly, he may have been like between, at least from what our Bible is saying, between like five to 10 years younger than Jesus. So he was experiencing a lot of these things in his like more like radical years, if you will, like those years where you're, you're feeling much more passionate about the things that are going on around you. And his passion was to kill off the people that <laughs> believed in Jesus. And so to me, it's just like, oh, that does take a lot of courage um, to be like, you know what, I'm, I know that I'm called to be doing this, like on Barnabas' part, um, to go after someone who is, I don't know, just so zealous for the death of the followers of Christ. And to me, that just seems like this weird loose cannon that you just don't even know, like, are we really trusting this guy? Because that's terrifying. But he would have been around for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He would have been around for the, or actually present at Stephen's uh, stoning. I don't know if you mentioned that earlier or not, yeah, but just like those there. kinds of things are just like, man, <laughs> it's not like he was just sitting at home twiddling his thumbs. Like he was present for all of this um, and probably like cheering on from the sidelines while it's all happening. So big move on Barnabas part and hopefully an encouragement to us. It's pretty funny. I, I like how you called it out. Like what his hobbies are. It's like when people ask me my hobbies, it's like, well, I like to go hunting and I'll go fishing until it's time to go hunting again. <laughs> like I can see Saul being like, well, I really enjoy like hunting down and murdering Christians. Yikes. Barnabas is like, uh, okay. But I think that gives us another insight too, because Paul was not just this random like mercenary. Is that a word I want to use? Uh, I mean, 
he was kind of a like but sort like of. he was he would have been considered like those high level Jewish yeah. officials yeah. like the men that you would have I guess in ways trusted like oh, yeah. he's coming from your same lineage but because you believe something differently that was um like offensive to I don't know the church I don't, not even the church like the culture and the traditions of the time yeah. you were like a huge major threat so like this wasn't just some random different different culture different country different people these were like the same people that you grew up Mm -hmm. like trusting as official leaders within your 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 people group i don't know however you want to explain that so uh, that just makes it even more nuts to me um just as a quick aside to wrap up the reading there is a kind of a strange thing that happens at the end of chapter 12 uh, where herod puts on his robes and stands before the people and god kills him and it happens pretty quickly, so if you don't listen to it, you'll miss it. Um, but what happens is Herod puts on his royal robes, goes before the people, and the people say, the voice of a god, this is not a man. And Herod just falls down dead. And the the author here, Luke, is telling us that basically Herod like welcomed the worship of this audience. They were not just cheering him on, like, hey, we like you. They were like, you are God. And because he did not rebuke this and instead accepted it, God actually demands his life immediately, and Herod is killed on the spot um, for accepting this worship. And then actually chapter 12 ends by saying the word of God increased and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. So there's going to be this evolving team of missionaries that often involves Barnabas, Saul, and John Mark, and there's going to be some developing um, tensions and problems that we'll see as we continue to read. Uh, so as far as your part, I think, you know, we talked about it already, like stick your neck out for somebody. Either either maybe you're in a Saul situation where you really need somebody uh, to take you under their wing and help you understand uh, what it means to live a life of faith, then find a mentor. Or uh, you're in a season of life where you've, you've been doing this for a while. Um, stick your neck out for somebody who hasn't, who who isn't perfect, who makes mistakes, who causes problems, and teach them what it means to live a life of faith where they don't do those things and they can be they can be sharpened. I think of uh, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen that says, uh, "As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another." Uh, that's a real thing. Like we need to look out for each other. We should be mentoring each other. And really, if you want to use a super churchy word, we should be discipling each other um, because Christianity spreads. This faith in Jesus spreads one life to another, and we don't get to live our lives again. So let's do it well and let's care for people well and let's mentor some people while we're at it. So we'll be uh, jumping back into Acts again tomorrow. Uh, We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Acts chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized them, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. 
I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners. And it came down to me, looking at it closely. I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill, and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up against into heaven. And behold, at that very moment three men arrived at the house in which we were sent to me from Caesarea, and the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how we had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, and you all in your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was on them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they set Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarshish to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined, every one according to his ability, to send relief to brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Chapter 12 about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, and when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, 
Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along the street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, You are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Tell these things to James and to his brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Now when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord, and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace, because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes and took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, The voice of a god and not of a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.